Welcome back to the Troop Leader Experience Podcast. I am back with another interview today, and I know these are your favorite episodes. We're going to do a Troop Leader and a Spotlight interview today. So I just met my guest. So if you'll go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us who are you, where are you from, what council, and how are you involved with Girl Scouts? Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. My name is Kayla Peterson. I am from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and I'm part of the GSNWGL Council, which is Girl Scouts of Northwestern Great Lakes. We cover a little bit more than half the state of Wisconsin. I am a troop leader going on nine years now, and I'm also just joined council as a membership engagement coordinator in the last six months. Super interesting. And the nonprofit way, right, to go from uh, as if you weren't doing enough. Here, do more. <laughs> yep, right. I got roped in. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about your troop. What uh, what grade level do you serve and how large is your troop? Yeah, so we have a really small troop now, of course, after you are in it for a little while, you lose members over the years. I have a multi-level troop with cadets and now seniors. They just bridged over the weekend. And there's seniors going going to high school are most of the girls who are still in your troop have they been with you all along uh so my daughter has been obviously with me I've been her leader since the beginning um we've picked up a couple of girls here and there we are down to five girls at the moment we have four seniors and one cadet and um they've all been in Girl Scouts since kindergarten but not in this troop interesting interesting And were you a Girl Scout when you were growing up? Yeah, my mom was actually my troop leader and my grandma was her troop leader before that. So I'm actually a third generation Girl Scout leader. Um, I was in Girl Scouts until we moved um, halfway through high school. And so I don't think they had ambassadors back then, but uh, I do remember being in it in middle school and high school and elementary school too. Wow, that's amazing. So what, you know, what are some of your favorite memories from being a girl member of Girl Scouts? As a girl, I remember probably the biggest thing that we did that I remember anyway is going to the Mall of America. This was back way before cell phones. And so we had to drive from Wisconsin to Minnesota to go to the Mall of America. And I remember we had notebooks with magic markers. And if we had to message each other, we had to write on the notebook and hold it up to the window and hope that the other car could read it. And I don't remember what car issues we had but uh we wrote something to try to get the other car to come off the exit so we could deal with the car issue and that was quite the adventure we we did make it to the mall of america but that was a quite the trip <laughs> that we can remember uh, we did a ton of stuff as girl scouts though camp obviously is always a favorite memory we did all sorts of volunteering i remember spray painting sewer lines was saying that all the water goes to the ocean Lots of community service. We had a really good time as a, a Girl Scout growing up. That's so funny, the details that you remember, right? <laughs> like, and I noticed this with our girls too, that you planned this like great adventure and they remember the details of like, we had to write a message and hold it up in the window. Yeah, I'm like, sure that was, there okay. was more to that trip, but we really, I remember holding That's up that so sign funny. and I'm like, please see the sign. That's <laughs> but, so funny. Yeah. A cool adventure though. So as a third generation Girl Scout leader, did you pretty much know from the time your own girl was the right age to become a girl member of Girl Scouts, like you were going to be a troop leader or what made you decide to become one? Oh, 100%. As soon as I found out I was having a girl, I knew I was going to be a Girl Scout leader. 
Um, I always went into it saying as soon as she's old enough to be in Girl Scouts, I can't wait to start a troop with her. I love teaching girls um, new things. And so you see that, see it from their perspective, it gives you a whole different perspective of life. And so I couldn't wait to be her troop leader. I love that. What is one of your proudest moments as a Girl Scout volunteer? I don't know if I have one proudest moment, but there's definitely all those little moments that like make it worth it. So like when you have like a Daisy who couldn't be left at a troop meeting without crying and now she's grown and like, you know, she's participating in the troop meetings and having fun without her mom sitting right there holding her hand, like seeing them grow really has been it makes you so proud. You know, my girl's just bridging over to seniors this week. You just can't help but be proud and see how much they've grown over the years. We have one girl who you couldn't get to make eye contact and say hi to somebody at a cookie booth. And now nine years later, she's, you know, giving them sales pitches about why they should buy toastiers. And (laughs) I don't think there's like one. And obviously there's all those moments that you're very proud of them, but I don't think there's one outstanding moment. It's all the little moments that really just add up and um, really make it worth being a leader. Like you can't be more than proud of them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree, of course. And uh, I I think I was just reflecting now being a little bit removed from my troop. What's one of my proudest moments? Like when I was actively involved with my troop, it was a lot easier to point to those little moments. But now with a different perspective, thinking back, and I think it's really similar to what you said of being able to see that growth in Mm -hmm. girls' communication and like their confidence in putting themselves out there and watching that evolve, especially specifically using cookie season as kind of a measuring stick. So I love that. And I don't know if it's just because they're getting older at this point and you know, they're going into high school now. So you've seen them go from itty bitty little kindergartners who couldn't tie their shoes to like, they can run a business. (laughs) And yeah, it is from Girl Scout cookie, like selling cookies, but also um, they've just grown up so much. Yeah, yeah, definitely a blend. There's lots of things that influence their growth for sure. But cool to see how Girl Scouts and the cookie program impact that. What is one of the coolest adventures or experiences you've gotten to do with your troop? So right before the pandemic, we had multi-level troop between brownies and juniors. And we were working on doing the bugs badge with our brownies, but we wanted to include the juniors. So we were looking at raising monarch butterflies. And I had a coworker at the time who had raised monarchs with her daughter. She kind of was telling me about how easy it is and what you can do and how you could teach it to girls. And I'm always about teaching girls, especially if it's something nature related. Um, I'm an outdoor champion for our council. So I, if it's nature, I will try to teach you every way I can to get kids out into nature. Um, so we decided we were going to teach the girls how to raise monarchs. Part of the bugs badge would be covered with raising them. And then the juniors could do it as a fun patch. And we taught them all about where to find milkweed, what do monarchs eat, their migration patterns. And it really turned into a cool experience because, what is it, five years later, my girls still know what milkweed looks like. They still raise monarch caterpillars um, into butterflies. Two of my girls actually turned it into a silver award project where they worked with the local library to teach about migrators and the importance of pollinators in our food chain. And it really started out as a very simple thing to teach them just something to do as they were going into summer and then the pandemic hit 
and it was something just to kind of keep them busy and involved. And it turned into something so much bigger. And it was such a cool experience. And I think it's something that they learned that they will do for the rest of their lives. I love that so much. First of all, it's really, really cool. It's a really cool story. But I also think it's cool to see in action. I've shared this on the podcast before, but I feel like when people make comments or assertions from Girl Scout, the Girl Scout world, that the program is the journeys now and you hear a little bit less of this, I guess, kind of uh, debate because the program has been structured this way for so long at this point. But, you know, the Girl Scout leadership experience as it's structured now with Journeys has been around since about 2009, 2010. And when it switched over there for so many years, I felt like there was so much resistance to this idea of doing Journeys and that Journeys are quote unquote the program or, or what's the program or what does that mean? And I have said on this podcast before, but I feel like if you want to approach it that way, the badge work is an opportunity and and honestly, even the journeys, it's an opportunity for girls to explore these different interests and these different ways of seeing the community and exploring the community and identifying problems in the community. And then whatever they whatever's most interesting to them as individuals, that's what they run with for high awards. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's really seeing that in action of kind of where it starts with like explore things to do and and what interests you and what do you like and what are you drawn to especially things you may not have thought of because the the name of the bugs badge isn't going to appeal to all girls at face right. value but to be able to take it to a place where these girls found this passion for caring for butterflies and stewarding butterflies that now carries over years later as a passion project is just so so cool I love that um what was funny with it is when they first started looking at the bugs badge and raising caterpillars, one of the moms was like, I don't want bugs in my house. I don't want those living in a container on my, in my kitchen and bugs belong outside. And if they, you know, why would we want to bring them in the house? And now, you know what, she's looking for caterpillar eggs underneath the leaves of milkweed too. So I think um, that's one thing I love about Girl Scouts. It really exposes you to stuff that maybe is outside of your comfort zone. Um, but when you give space to learning about something, sometimes you learn that, you know, bugs aren't all that bad. Like those little caterpillars are cute. <laughs> and then of course the butterflies. Yeah, are <laughs> absolutely. That's such a, such a good point. And, and I say all the time that all the benefits that the girls get, the adults get too. And absolutely, I think, you know, it's not just a way for them to explore different interests and to learn about things they wouldn't otherwise learn about. It also forces us out of our comfort zones to learn about things we wouldn't otherwise learn about. So yeah, I love that. What is one of your craziest or silliest memories from Girl Scouts? Oh, looking back, even when I was a girl camp, camp always has something silly or crazy going on. I remember, um, you know, staying up super late with my troop mates. And every time we have a lock in or we go camping with the girls, it's just a great time. We have so much fun. And there's always those like silly little moments that are mixed in that just make camp one of those things that like, if you're not camping with your girls, you should go camping with your girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, obviously, I agree. I I love it. I love it. (laughs) There's something magic about the overnight program. There's something magic about how that changes your perspective of the world. And it's like you're almost in this kind of parallel universe or like you go to this 
kind of foreign territory for this overnight experience. And then it's almost like you go on this journey, this quest, and then you come back changed. Like even as a girl, I remember feeling that way about camping Mm -hmm. trips or lock-ins that especially there's something about lock-ins, especially that really stand out for me as a girl, because you're in a place that you've probably been before, like at an aquarium or a mall or a science center, like somewhere that isn't unfamiliar, right? But it looks different when everything's closed and it's late at night and everybody's got their sleeping bags. And there's something about sleeping there that just like, it's like a different world. I don't know. It's really cool. Such a neat experience. Yeah. You, know? you don't get that experience just being a regular kid. That's why you, you know, Girl Scouts get those kind of opportunities. Totally, totally agree. So we talked about this a little bit, but Girl Scouts doesn't just help girls grow. It helps adults grow too. So I'd love to hear from you. What is one way you personally have been impacted or changed through your experience of volunteering with Girl Scouts? Yeah, so we kind of touched on it, but um, I think I have learned so much through Girl Scouts just being as a leader to prepare for some of those troop meetings. You know, you start out not knowing much about robotics and you have to do a deep dive so you can lead them through that robotics badge that they want to earn. And, you know, sometimes you coordinate with the the community and have somebody else come in and teach those. But a lot of them I've led over the years and I have learned so much. I never knew how much fun I would have bookbinding, but now I bookbind because I taught my cadets how to do um, bookbinding for the book artist badge. And I've learned about the caterpillars, like I said, and pottery and painting, all sorts of just things that uh, maybe I had some interests to begin with. But like when you have to prepare it to teach a, a child and how to learn the badges, I think you really learn things that you didn't know and being able to just teach kids how to do something and see them succeed in it is rewarding, but you also have to learn in a certain way that you can't just assume that they know how to do things. So you really, really learn how to do it and how to do it in multiple ways so you can lead other kids through doing it. And I really, it's such a neat experience being a leader and going up in these levels and seeing all the badges that they can earn and which ones they want to earn. And just learning how to lead those badges, I think, has just been so eye-opening as a as an adult. I've learned a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I want to hear, too, about the transition from or additional role of becoming a membership coordinator. Like what, first of all, how did that happen? And then what does that role actually look like? And how do you balance that as being a, both a staff member and a troop leader? Like, tell me all the things. <laughs> Yeah, so I was actually at a leader meeting. We had our first big leader meeting of the year. And someone said, are you Kayla Peterson? I'm like, I sure am. (laughs) And and then another person came over and said, is this Kayla? (laughs) And they're like, yeah, this is her. We found her. So they were looking for me. And they actually kind of uh, accosted me in the corner and were just hawking my ear off about how they were looking for this membership engagement coordinator. And my name kept coming up over and over again. I was always a really active member in our service unit. I always go to the leader meetings. I like to plan different events for our service unit. Just one of those people who always raises my hand (laughs) and maybe sometimes you shouldn't raise your hand. And so they convinced me. They said, you know, we've really been looking for somebody to take on this position. We think you'd be perfect for it. We want you to come in and interview. 
And I was looking for a job. So I said, all right, let's do it. And, you know, it's just such a perfect fit. I think sometimes we all forget that I've only been doing it for six months. I've definitely learned, like even being a lifetime Girl Scout, I've learned a lot about Girl Scouts from being on the other end of it. I think the biggest thing that has changed within me as a membership engagement coordinator versus just a troop leader is trying to get troops to work together. Even as my girls have gotten older, I've been trying to coordinate more troops because as they get older, you don't have as many members. And sometimes when you want to go someplace, you have to have at least, you know, a dozen girls sign up to go to an event. And when you only have five girls in your troop, you don't have a dozen. (laughs) So you can't either do the event or you have to find more girls to join you. I've been trying to kind of work with other troops to plan events and whatnot. But as a membership engagement coordinator, I really see the value in troops working together and service units working together. One of the first events I actually did as before I took on the position was doing Girl Scouts Love State Park Weekend. And that really connected three different service areas and just seeing the potential for Girl Scouts in our area if we work together on some of these bigger events or even small events. I think having that potential there is really, you know, it's attractive to try to see if we can grow the movement a little bit more and service more girls. So on that note of what, you know, what kind of change you want to see or you want to bring or or what you wish more troop leaders knew, what advice would you give specifically to new troop leaders? Uh, well, first would be definitely go to the leader meeting. <laughs> I have met so many people through Girl Scouts and the way that you get to know those people and you befriend them is by getting to know them at the leader meeting. These are usually the most involved leaders and if you want to plan a you know powder puff derby or a world thinking day or an overnight or something these are the people who you're going to probably work with and going to the leader meetings 100 percent is going to give you get so much more information and networking i struggle with as a membership coordinator getting people to come to the leader meetings and it's just so unfortunate because you just really get so much out of it girl scouts is one of those programs the more you put into it the more you're going to get out of it. And if you show up to the meetings and you show up to the events, you're going to get a lot more out of it than if you don't come to the meetings and don't participate. Yeah. 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 Uh, that it's such good advice to, to attend those meetings and so many people don't. And that's something that's like a recurring theme. If you go back and you I know. listen <laughs> to the, the troop leader advice that's been given on this podcast over the last like five years, that is what yep. so many people will say. So if you're not going to your leader meetings, you should definitely check them out. But I know not all leader meetings are created equal. Some of them are very long. Some of them are kind of painful, but there are benefits to going for sure. So try to so. try to psych yourself up for it if it's not your kind of thing. And if you don't know anything about when or where your leader meetings are, like didn't even know leader meetings were a thing. There's probably a staff member or a couple of staff members who oversee like your area or are responsible for kind of membership engagement or recruitment in your area. That would be a really good resource to find out about your leader meetings. And if you don't know who that person is, if you don't know anybody from your area, then try contacting your general counsel information and asking who your membership coordinator is for your area or just ask for that leader meeting info. Now, the general line, the person who picks up might not know the information about your leader meeting. And I know that can be frustrating to try to chase it down. So your your next question would be, who is the membership 
coordinator or the the recruitment coordinator or the person who kind of works with my service unit or my geographic area and they will know that information <laughs> so that is um that's the best person to ask so you may need to do a little bit of chasing if you feel are totally disconnected from your council i know that happens that happens where right. we we sign up for Girl Scouts sometimes and we get a ton of support. And sometimes we sign up for Girl Scouts and we hear from no one. It's like crickets. You're totally doing it on your own. Somehow people fall through the cracks. Sometimes nobody wants you to fall through the cracks. I promise you, your council wants you to be part of whatever the support system is or is supposed to be. They don't want you to fall through the cracks. So it may take a little bit of chasing on your part. And I know that's frustrating, but the the support in some form or another does exist. Again, not all created equally, right. but <laughs> it does exist in some form. And that's well, why we have this podcast too try to close yeah as a membership engagement coordinator, like it is my job to reach out to those new leaders. And like you said, we don't try to let people slip through the cracks it happens sometimes and 100 percent. if i don't know that you're out there it's really hard to get you on the email list so reaching out to council and if you go to leader meetings and they're not quite your cup of tea or what you want it's okay to suggest that you make changes sometimes things are just going on the way that they've been going on and no one ever says like hey these leader meetings are kind of boring or i'm not getting anything out of these meetings or i've already learned about this topic and I need new topics. If you can support your membership engagement coordinator or whatever they're called in your your area, I know they changed that name by council. Definitely help them because they are one person and they wear many, many hats. Yeah, totally. And I um I just feel like it, it's just so important to to really call out and that's something I try to do on this podcast a lot of Sometimes there's a divide between, there's a gap between staff to volunteer communication. Mm -hmm. And since you're sitting and wearing both hats, I know you can really relate to this too. It sometimes can feel like an us versus them thing. And the reality is we're all on the same team. We're all trying to work toward the same mission. We have different perspectives. We have different focus areas. We have different goals, but the, the mission is the same that we're all working towards. And there is literally no one at council who is sitting there twiddling their thumbs, twirling their mustache thinking about how they can um, they can ruin the lives of girls and volunteers. Nobody is thinking that. Nope. We're all trying to do our best. So we don't always execute those ideas in the most effective ways. We try to learn from those, but everyone at council wants you to have a positive experience and the girls in your troop to have a positive experience. So I just think that's really important. But anyway, so what is one of your favorite or one of the best resources that you've found or a go-to resource to run your troop? Could be a Girl Scout training or a blog, the VTK, Pinterest, a Facebook group, anything really. So obviously your podcast has been super helpful. I just only found you a couple of years ago. I 100% can't recommend listening to your podcast, even going way back. I I haven't gotten through all of the episodes yet, but I'm getting there very, very helpful to have a pod. I like podcasts. So listening to a podcast with somebody who understands where you're coming from is invaluable. The next couple of resources that I definitely always recommend are the Facebook groups. There's some fantastic Facebook groups out there. The only thing I can say to be cautious with Facebook though, is that every council seems to vary. So what's true in one council might not be true in another council. So it's always wise to ask your council person, Uh, Can I do this? Or if we are going to do this, are there rules that we have to follow? Because sometimes it definitely varies. And the one thing that I use a lot personally is Pinterest. 
every time my girls are going to bridge up, I go through and I make a interest boards. I go through and make one for every single bag we have at the next level. And then I start searching for the badge sheets or blogs or podcasts or any sort of resources I can find related to those badges. And I'll just start pinning things to it. I might not ever come back and do that badge if the girls aren't interested in it, but it gives me a starting point. I have been called freakishly organized with my Pinterest boards. And I really have a lot, like now that my girls are going into seniors, I have almost every level with a board for every single badge. And as I find things, uh, you know, you go down the rabbit hole of Pinterest and get sucked in for a couple of hours. I try to make it productive at least part of the time and pin stuff to the different boards. So when they say, hey, we want to do the pottery badge, I can pull up the badge sheets for it to see what kind of steps they need. If I saw a really cool blog post on how they did a project for that particular badge, all the resources are right there. Or if I know they're going to want to do that badge, I can spend a little bit more time finding resources for it and having it available. So we have everything. Just, I'm a really visual person. So Pinterest is definitely my wheelhouse. I love that. Yeah. Um, again, that's something that we hear again and again in these troop leader spotlights. If you're not on Pinterest and you need ideas or you love ideas, Pinterest is the place to be for sure. So mm -hmm. uh, definitely a lot of stuff. And I'm going to try <laughs> driving the keyword there to <laughs> spend some more time on getting a, a Pinterest up and running for, uh, you know, related to the podcast, linked to the podcast that um, can share some cool resources that I have found on Pinterest or that I like. So we're going to try to, going to try to migrate onto another platform. It's just really hard. It's really hard. This is oh, really yeah, hard for sure. all the things, <laughs> but there's lots of great information on Pinterest by other people. So totally love that recommendation. Now you mentioned when we first scheduled this, that one of the things you wanted to talk about was swaps. You yeah. do a really cool event in your area to really help um, reinvigorate the tradition in your area. And I'd love to hear a little bit about, yeah, you know, let's start with even for people listening who might not know, like, what is the tradition of swaps? And then what does that event look like? And how might people listening do something similar? Yeah, absolutely. So swaps is a Girl Scout tradition. It started back, I want to say in the 50s and 60s. And it's actually based off of Native American trading. And it's uh, acronym that stands for special whatchamacallits affectionately pinned somewhere and they're usually pretty small like two to three inches they always have a safety pin that you can pin onto or pin the swap onto something so whether you have a hat or your vest or some people make banners lots of options on what to do with them and usually they are traded at events I always send my daughter with ones to camp and they were originally done as kind of a calling card for each other so if you were to go to a big event with a bunch of girl scouts you could trade them and it would have your contact information on there so you can go and contact these girls that you met um we started them so i was a girl scout growing up swaps was a big thing that for me i really enjoyed making them and trading them with other girls and i still have a box of them from when i was a brownie and when my daughter was a brownie, she had now been in Girl Scouts for three years, and we never had the, the opportunity to swap swaps with anybody. And I'm like, why is this not a thing in our area? Is it really just, you know, I grew up in Nebraska, maybe it was more of a thing in Nebraska versus Wisconsin. So every time my daughter would see other girls, it was usually at cookie booths 
as we were passing to go from one shift to another. And we didn't really have a lot of troop interactions, troops outside of our own or with girls outside of our own troop. And I'm like, you know, swaps is really one of those opportunities where you get to introduce yourself to other people, you trade aid, and then you have this contact information for these girls that you met. And so I came up with this idea called a flash swap. So it's kind of based off of a flash mob where everybody comes to a park and you meet up as Girl Scouts, you do your swaps, and then we've built in a component of community service where you stay and you clean up the park. We've been doing it for six years now, and every year it kind of grows, it kind of doesn't grow. We've been trying to get it going a little bit more. COVID kind of threw a good wrench in it, but um, we've been trying to bring it back. But it's really fun. You get to meet these girls from other troops. You trade your swaps. You clean up the park. It's a really easy um, event to hold. There's not a lot of pre-work that you need to do. We have some really fun graphics that we use year after year to kind of identify that event that I just made up. And I like it because it's a low commitment on the person who's planning it side the troops don't have to do it like if you do a girl scout tradition it's part of the girl scout way badge and it's swaps are usually pretty easy to do you can make more complicated ones or you can make really simple ones you get to see other girl scouts and you're doing the community service project of cleaning up the park which is really a big passion of mine too i love that so i'm i just for a point of clarification when you say they come to the park and they do the swaps they've already made them they come and just do yep. the swapping part right you're not going to the park and making swaps yeah no you do make them ahead of time we usually recommend they make about 20 to bring and then you just swap with other girls um it's kind of similar to pins at disney like if you're familiar with pin mm -hmm. trading where you walk up to somebody you're like hey can i trade with you and they swap and so you do have that little bit of a prep work um, ahead of time. Usually what I tell troops to do is just do it as a troop meeting. So they have some materials there to do it. Not all parents are very crafty. Not all troop leaders are crafty, I suppose. But it's an opportunity for them to do a Girl Scout tradition. Just always one of the steps of the Girl Scout way bad. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, there, as far as craftiness, there's different degrees of involvement depending on you know the age of your girls and the craftiness of your girls too of what kind of swaps mm -hmm. you want to do. so I love that and I think that's a really cool idea so uh, thank you so much for joining me I had a really good time kind of getting to know you and hearing a little bit of your story and I know the person listening will agree and I also just want to take a moment to thank you for everything that you do for the girls and volunteers in your area obviously your troop is a big deal and it's made a big impact for many years but also now in this additional role this additional capacity of how you support the girls and the volunteers in your area thank you so much for what you do and people like you and your extra effort that's what makes the program possible and you know obviously I believe in it so much and I just think it's so important so thank you I appreciate you and and yeah and I appreciate your time today well thank you so much for having me I really like I've listened for so long it's it's kind of interesting to have your voice talking back to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An actual <laughs> conversation. I yeah. love that. That's so cool. Um, well, thank you for the support of the podcast as well. It really means a lot. And to those of you listening, we'll see you next week. Bye.